0: It is important for me, uh, when I'm creating, I want the art to, well, I feel the art with all my senses. Because, for example, when I look at colors, I hear music.
1: Welcome to the Visual Literacy Project Talks. I'm Kevin Wenning. In these interviews, I talk with visual creators across various disciplines about why we create the art that we do. Why and how do some people cultivate deep knowledge and skills to communicate powerfully with their craft? Why do certain visual styles really connect with us and others don't? When I don't understand a photograph or an artwork, I want to speak with the artist so I can reach an appreciation of their style that I never would have come to on my own. And that really is the purpose of Visual Literacy Project. These interviews are best viewed at visualliteracyproject.com, where you can view the full-length videos, also see examples of the artworks that we're talking about during these interviews, and find links to the artists and to their online galleries. Today I'm talking with Gosha Gibbick. She is a painter living in Clitoro, England. And I first came across Gosha on, I think, a social group because I saw her paintings of people on bikes and she does a lot of uh, a lot of art around people in motion uh, anybody that's uh, an athlete she does commissions for so that's where I first became aware of her and then I found her website and her Instagram and her YouTube channel and she does amazing landscapes and urbanscapes and the first thing that pops out is just wow she uses a lot of color this is bright and it just you know grabs your attention and I'm not talking bright and overdone like you know an overprocessed photo I'm talking this painter really has a vision for what they're putting on the canvas. And uh, that's what grabbed my attention in the first place. After talking with her, getting to know her a little bit, Gosha has a unique condition called synesthesia. Synesthesia. Uh, so synesthesia just blends all sorts of different senses together. So sometimes when you see a color, it triggers, uh, you, you hear a word or it triggers music and uh, she'll she'll explain it a lot better than I can. Really what her niche is, is uh, painting commissions for athletes uh, to commemorate moments in their lives. So like we do talk a bit about her, her commissions for athletes. I don't want this to sound like it's a, an advertisement, but uh, really the point of why we talk a lot about that in the interview is that has been kind of her focus as a professional artist because she really wants her art to mean something to people. She wants to create art for people. So that's, that's her niche. All right, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Let's talk with Gosha Gibbick. The most basic question that I wanted to start with, how do I pronounce your name? Is it okay. Gosha?
0: Gosha, yes. You can say it anyway because people say Gosha or Gosha and it's just Gosha. <laughs> Gosha
1: gosha is a professional artist who sees and paints in rich colors she captures athletes in motion and creates urban landscape paintings depicting picturesque england and beyond gosha sees in colors she's been blessed with a particular trait called synesthesia synesthesia is a condition that happens when a sense such as sight triggers another sense like a smell at the same time In Gosha's case, her senses also blend one with another. She hears music when looking at colors, smells when listening to music, and most oddly, she sees words in colors. Yeah, kind of crazy stuff. Thanks to this particular trait, Gosha can perfectly capture people in motion or the vibrancy of objects and textures. This is really evident in her sports-inspired pieces that are full of action and movement. She has dedicated her professional practice to creating original, customized artworks that can capture the passions and adventures of anyone who wants to keep their vivid memories of their moments of achievement. Gosha wins painting competitions with her urban landscapes, but really she takes the most pride in creating personalized art to memorialize standout active moments in your life.
0: I was born in Poland um, and when I was about, well, I was still a student and um, I've decided well, I had this dream about uh, Lisbon. Um, Lisbon is the capital of Portugal. Anyway, I had this dream about Lisbon. And uh, during a holiday, i decided that I need to get to Lisbon. And I met some girlfriends, friends from the university, um, who were going to go hitchhiking around Europe. Or, Well, they were going to go to Spain. And I thought, I'll join them because that would be easy for me to get to Portugal. So we set off on a journey, three of us, and um, we were hitchhiking from Poland all the way to Spain. We didn't get to Portugal. Well, I've decided to stay there because I met an Englishman.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so um, and that's why I decided to stay there because he was staying in Spain the dream was to get to Portugal. But I never got there. Then,
2: I I've heard to dream. Dream to changed.
0: <laughs> yes, the dream changed. Yes.
1: Were you were you going to university for for your art or what, what were you studying then?
0: Yes, I was studying at Academy of Fine Arts in Wrocław, Poland, and I was studying uh, uh, graphics, fine
1: arts. After these three years in Spain, then you went back and finished.
0: I've decided to just go back for a few months to finish my final year. It was just a matter of doing my final diploma.
2: Uh,
0: Well, art is always at the back of my head. Uh, It's actually something, I think I was born with a disease, maybe, art disease. Uh, I actually um, have a very good story about my uh, birth
1: so art has always been a part of your life
0: it has been always part of my life it's not something
1: you decided at university i'm going to study this it was it like you said it was a disease
0: yeah <laughs> how, but how do you mean actually as far as the university i've decided i always knew from a child that i wanted to be an artist and i was telling everybody that in the future i will be a famous artist <laughs> that was my dream and um
1: well, tell us your tell us your story from from birth. Yeah, you said you had an interesting story there.
0: Yes, because okay, uh, when I was born, I was born with a serological conflict. It is kind of a, a blood uh, conflict problem of uh, my parents uh, not having a matching uh, blood. Um, my mom, I think she was uh, R H. My dad was Rh minus, something like this. However, um, it was 1976 in the communist Poland when I was born. <laughs> okay. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm
1: trying to think of that time frame. That's right before I was born. Wow. <laughs> so go on.
0: Um. So, uh, so my, this story might be a little bit silly, but I believe that's why I become an artist. So this, um, I was born with this serological conflict, Um, so straight after I was born, uh, I had to have a blood transfusion because of this problem, but it was, like I said, year 1976 in the communist Poland, and one had to have a really good connections to organize this type of treatment for a baby. Thankfully, my mother was a very high-ranked nurse and actually she was a midwife. <laughs> so that's the connections. Oh, wow. she, organized for, uh, she organized this transfusion and uh, she organized, uh, well, I was uh, transported in helicopter to another city and something like this.
2: Okay.
0: However, if it wasn't for her, I would have been left to die. And what does it mean if a child is untreated um, uh, after being born with this conflict? Then, well, they can die. That's the worst case. But usually they would be left with brain damage.
2: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: So, um, well, I was saved. And I believe that I was saved for that reason, too, uh, that God gave me a second chance, that he's changed his mind because he wanted me to become this artist. Now there's this isn't another, a silly story
1: at all. This is important.
0: There's another aspect of me which uh, actually uh, uh, accompanies me all my life. I've got a special trait uh, called synesthesia. Synesthesia is uh, some kind of um, uh, mixing of senses. So, one sense triggers another. For example, in my case, I see words in color. Every single letter will have their own color. And uh, the word, uh, it's a combination of those colors, with the first color being the major, giving the major color scheme to the word. And I see these colors in my head. Uh, So, Kevin, for example, starts with K. K is very dark, but it's got um um e behind and e is like sky blue and i think e a that's um consonants are they they are always shiny uh all those letters, so they always um give a little bit more light to more doula letters in my head okay right, so you will be like um like indigo blue, but a little bit softened with this blue sky light. And that's your name. That's how I see you.
1: So do you, do you use that then in your art? Of course, uh, yes. And if you, see, if you see, I guess, colors from letters or words, do yeah. you write things down before you start to work it on them?
0: Uh, maybe not that much, but what it is important for me, uh, when I'm creating, I want the art to, well, I feel the art with all my senses because for example, when I look at colors, I hear music and uh, when I, um, hear music, I can taste some, something, uh, or I can feel cold or shiver, things like this. It is really, uh,
1: so yeah. you're, and, and i from just my little bit of research before we talked,
2: wow.
1: not everybody who has synesthesia experiences it the same way. Some only have, you know, one sense triggers another one. You have basically the whole gamut. <laughs> yes. One thing triggers all, all of the other senses at the same time.
0: That's right. And that's why it is important for me in my art, because I want to reflect those sensations in my art. Mm-hmm. Hence, um, I believe that I create with all my senses. And, um, uh, well, when I look at my art, I, I, I see everything is moving on the picture. I uh, And this is another mission uh, uh, that I would like to express through my art. Um, I would like, I don't like it to be static. I want it to... Well, to create some kind of moving story. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Right.
1: So when did you realize that you had synesthesia and did you at first think that it was a a detriment or did you embrace it right away?
0: Um, No, I didn't. Well, I wasn't aware that this is something special. I thought Mm -hmm. it was when I was a child. I thought that was just normal. (laughs) Great. <laughs> For a while, when I grew up and, and I told someone about my ability to see words in color, um, mm. someone just said, oh yeah, this is synesthesia. And I believe maybe that synesthesia also started from my childhood when I was left a little bit uh, with the serological conflict and I mentioned in the beginning that mm-hmm. children untreated can have damaged brain. <laughs> Maybe, uh, well, it's not, nothing's wrong with me, (laughs) but, um, well, I think it makes me a little bit special.
1: In this, this sense, your synesthesia, has it, the way that you experience words and colors and, and see movement, has it changed over your lifetime or it's always, has it always been constant?
0: It's always been constant. And I think lately, um, especially now when I create more, because my child is grown and uh, I can spend more time doing it. Mm -hmm. So um, it makes, it is much more, um, uh, it comes out with a bigger power. And another thing is the color. Very important for me. The color is so important for me and I look for the color everywhere, uh, in every places, in this, even the dullest places. Um, I would always search for color. It's my eyes are searching for, for, for the color. Okay. Um, that probably also started at, at the university because um, I, uh, well, at the university, I had this wonderful professor uh, he was a painting tutor, and um, he was a great artist himself uh, and he was telling us uh, about the color that um, you know he was uh, he was telling us that you know if you're painting you cannot just paint uh, dual things as you see them you need to find reflections of other colors in in every matter mm-hmm. and uh, one color reflects the other, and that's how We get, uh, well, this variety.
1: (laughs) So you kind of learned that. Somebody sort of taught you that, but you learned to harness your your ability too. And it became part of your process. It wasn't just this organic thing that like, oh, I guess I have this talent. You actually learned to work with it and use it.
0: Yes, you're right. And you put that in the right words. Yes, exactly. So I I have learned to use it. And... um, Uh, yeah, enhance even this ability. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, um, and thanks to this, my pictures are very, very colorful, full of color, and this, uh, well, the vivid color, and uh, the dynamic that I would like to also express because things are not static.
1: (laughs) We were talking about how you, you try and pull the color out of a scene and see things in, in terms of their vibrancy. Uh, I don't, I didn't find a portfolio, but all of these of course are on your Instagram. That's what we're looking at now. Yeah. So e- explain that. Like when you, when you see a scene, are these, are these colors that you see? Or are you trying to, yeah. How did, how do you decide what colors go into the scene?
0: Yes. Um, I decided about the color, um, well, like I said, I look for the colors and uh, even in the dullness of the place, I would find some leading color, uh, maybe color scheme. I also try to create my paintings in kind of color schemes. So there will be either pink or orange or there will be like in this case, majority of reds, orange, oranges. And something just very well contrasting with these colors, um, which is the blue of the sky and the blue of the shadow. Blue is naturally a cold color, cold in temperature. Hence, it is very nice to use it on those parts of the building where there is no sunshine. Uh, so I always look at the color scheme and it just, um, And having a color like this, a leading color, in this case, is red and orange. Um, I already see in my head that something that will really stand out against these colors would be blue. But I should probably give more green to it, but very bright green, (laughs) which probably I'll still do.
1: I'm going to go ahead and play this one because I didn't realize I clicked on a video here. And yes. this is another key thing that drew me in, got me interested in in following what you're doing because you create these little videos.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Showing
1: your creation of the image.
0: That's right. And I'm doing it because I don't want pictures to be just static. And I want to uh, share the same experience I have when I create or look at the paintings. Uh, so that sun this so i actually have painted the sun in that position first and decided um that it's wrong and i wanted it behind the the building the the main building um and in my head this sun already moved when i looked at this i could see it moving
1: (laughs) Um, So, you're and from my perspective i'm looking at this as though you're just showing me the creation of your art as a marketing tactic right, and you're yes. saying no i'm i'm doing that cuz i want you to see the i want you to feel the the motion and the the movement that's in the right. picture
0: that's right that's right and uh well in this case um i'm showing the technique that i've developed uh which is using the uh, dripping gloss paint just ordinary household gloss paint um and dripping it from this palette knife. Um, This is the technique that I've come up with. I mean, uh, uh, I've developed it. Uh, Of course, I was inspired by some other artists, Um, but I I believe that I've developed this technique uh, even further because I um, mix such a variety of uh, gloss paints. Um, I mix them with oil paints. and another thing is that I use inks and acrylics and I mix inks with acrylics just because when acrylic, acrylics is so unsatisfying if it comes to color. Um, it may look all right at the beginning when acrylic is wet, but when acrylic dries, then the color shifts and it's, uh, it becomes really dull, okay. too dull for my liking.
1: So that's why you chose the, the gloss paint?
0: Uh, that's why I've chosen the gloss paint, because the gloss paint would always stand out uh, on the top of um, well, whichever media I would be using before. And the gloss paint always would be with, uh, contrasting to uh, color to the major color scheme. And how I use the contrast as well uh, I'm using, um, I don't know whether you know the col- uh, color theory, uh, where we have the color wheel, and the color wheel starts with three basic colors, three primary colors, which are yellow, red, and blue. Now the yellow, when re- yellow mixes with, so those primary colors, they, are, they just are, they cannot be mixed with from any other colors. And then, when we mix those primary colors together, we get secondary colors, which is green when we mix blue with yellow, and orange when we mix uh, red with yellow, and purple when we mix red with blue. Okay.
2: These are
0: the secondary colors. Um, Now, uh, there are also tertiary colors. which is the um, well tertiary color is when the primary color mixes with the secondary color. So for example, blue with green. And in that case, we'll get some kind of hue, different hue of blue or green. It depends on the quantity of uh, of, of the the color that we add to our mixture. Mm -hmm. If we add lots of blue and a little bit of green, then it will be very bluish green, and if we add lots of green and a little bit of blue, then the green will become like bluish. Uh, I don't know whether you can sense it's, the difference, but. Um,
1: so I, I am not a painter. I haven't, I haven't yeah. studied it. It's uh, I mean, color theory in that way, we use a little bit. I use it in photography. Uh, okay. I'm usually looking for, yeah, complementary or contrasty colors. Right. Uh, to create that depth that pulls somebody's eye through the image, you're using it more to create just that vibrancy. Uh, I mean, obviously you've got a lot of depth in this this image that we're looking at here, but you're you're looking at it more for yeah the the vibrancy and, and the richness of the scene.
0: That's right, vibrancy, richness, and uh, movement. Because you can see the light here is flickering.
2: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> at
0: least I can see it.
1: <laughs> I I agree. And uh, and you're right that makes a huge difference uh, that you have that you've picked a a paint that that doesn't dull uh, <laughs> once you apply it to whatever your paper or your canvas uh, so I'm talking a little nonsense because I'm not a painter I can't speak to you in your <laughs> in your terms but well,
0: uh, said, you've got an understanding and you said very right that you are looking at the contrast and the complementary colors which is something I was going to mention so uh, Whenever my first base, first layer of paint uh, develops from uh, secondary colors and tertiary colors, so there might be that variety of yellows um, going into orange and reds, Um, and then the, the gloss paint, which will go on the top of this, will be usually a complementary color to that base color to create the contrast and make the, the, the gloss paint stand out, and that's how I create the, this um, the, the striking effects I think and,
1: uh, and is, the, is the gloss paint also uh, raised you're going to have a texture when, once it's done
0: yes, the gloss paint as well gets the texture
1: i'm going to switch over to your website here when you mm-hmm. do. Uh, what was I looking at previously, like your prints and your cards,
2: like oh. specifically
1: on the on a card? Is that going to yeah? What what's your method for the, for those? Are those printed or are those all hand painted?
0: Well, they come from my hand. Um, come from these are prints from original paintings that I have painted. Yeah, so primarily they were uh, original paintings. I've painted them, and now. Uh, because majority of these originals is sold, so uh, but I'm still able to sell them as prints, and it would be a very uh, good quality print it's called Ricli print, mm-hmm. which comes from a, a white format printer. Ricli G- print means it's a digital process process, digital printing, uh, we're resulting in print of a very high quality. And, um, and uh, well, again, we can add the, the vibrancy of colors.
1: So how do, you, how do you take a print and turn it into, or I'm sorry, an original artwork and turn it into a print?
0: Well, it is uh, the, the original painting is, is being scanned onto computer or I take photographs, uh, um, but usually I scan the picture, and patch it up in Photoshop, and uh, Photoshop as well allows me to control those colors because I can, uh, like, um, uh, give give it more contrast or more vibrancy, um, exposure, things like this.
1: Clearly, okay. you've built your website and your your professional personality around. A commercial direction, which a lot of artists don't ever go down. But uh, yeah, so everything that you put out publicly online is focused on driving people to your to your studio, driving people to purchases of either art that you've already created or commissioning you for a specific piece of art, maybe of themselves on their bike on a hike, uh, doing something active. Uh, So you're you're directing people that way. Uh, Do you do anything? Aside from what we see on your website, you know, just for yourself, for your own creative endeavors and and growth as an artist as well
0: uh no, I only do it for for others and uh, well, I want to create art for people, I want to create something that would bring joy to people because for me the bi- the biggest achievement is when I can hear. Or see their happiness and um, their joy and I want to bring lots of joy with my paintings uh, so no I don't well wherever I create for people I create for myself as well it comes from me uh, uh, but this is basically all I do and as you've noticed I've got two specific teams um, uh, I've got the sports team which started with um, being a cyclist and um, my love to, to those cycling rides. Mm-hmm. Um So my sports team and uh, the sports team, uh, I believe the sports team is more commercial than the other team, which is the urban landscape. Uh, because urban landscape uh, these are much more elaborate paintings. they take longer and I um, use variety of media um, uh, it 's very important uh, color and texture on those paintings and light and are on canvases um, whilst the sports team it 's a very quick technique again uh, using gloss paint and um, that's how I that's how it actually started
1: um let's let's look at this one real quick because it just started and this is actually a good demonstration of that
0: okay yes yeah so yeah this is just an ordinary gloss paint
2: they
0: they are just they they come so easy that it's just so easy to to create them um possibly maybe 10 10 minutes, half an hour and I would have a nice uh, sketch because I believe this is not a painting, this is just a sketch uh, uh, that I do using this gloss paint and a, um, and, uh, a craft knife. Um, when I'm doing it, that's another thing, um, and philosophy that I've de- developed, is um, as I load my craft knife with the paint, um, and then I drip it on the paper. I never have anything pre-sketched on this paper. It's just I'm just starting from a point, and then it goes. However, the tool never touches the, the paper, so I never would touch the paper uh, with that craft knife. Uh, and uh, I would keep it above the paper and allow the line to take its own life.
1: Here's a here's a good example. I wow. would think that you're either at the race and maybe took a snapshot of this, took it back to your studio and then worked from a photograph. You're saying, no, it's, it's all in here. And it just, it comes out quickly.
0: Well, actually I do work from photograph, from a photograph. And, uh, in this case, I'm looking for an interesting paint, pictures, photographs on Instagram. And then, uh, I would paint that and, um, I think I'll let them know that I've created this artwork based on their photograph. So I have a photograph in front of me, and but blank piece of paper. So I wouldn't sketch anything before, but just looking by, uh, by looking uh, at the photograph, um, not even looking at the paper. Maybe just sometimes. So. Um, that's how those uh that's how um, that's how i create these
1: okay so you you do both sometimes you just do completely freehand from from memory from your mind's eye or are you always looking at a photograph in front of you
0: yeah i always look at the photograph in front of me yeah um but because what is drawing and uh, why people sometimes say oh i cannot draw um but drawing um, means to be able to observe um, people when they draw, um, for example, apple or anything, any object. They would never look at um, They would never really uh, look at this object with interest. They would try. Um, yeah, they uh, they would try to uh, like copy, but without thoroughly observing the object in front of them. And my technique is, uh, I'm looking at the object and my eyes follow the outline, my eyes follow the texture. So my eyes are are like uh, receiving the the information and my hand is just um, executing um, this information. I do lots of commissions like this uh, where people would give me photographs from their events and um, uh, well they can say it could be a combination of many of um, photos because for example like this Harry the the group leader so he never actually gave me uh, a photo of this group he only gave me photo of his uh, gear, so I could uh, I, I knew what kind of colors he would like to have, and um, he explained that he he would like this to be a group of cyclists. He would like to be on the top or leading this group, and he said uh, about the the background uh, he wanted it to take place in uh, some kind of Yorkshire Dales. These are Yorkshire there's characteristic to English, landscape, dry stone wall behind.
2: Wow, okay.
0: So, Um, um, So, uh, but usually people would give me their photos and uh, uh, I would just uh, create the artwork using their photos.
1: You opened your studio and you just told me that you, that you just gained an art agent. Uh, what are, are those the two most significant? Are there anything else, is there anything else important going on for you?
2: Well, actually,
0: yeah, I've got this, uh, well, I've got three, actually, three projects going on. But um, so the first one is the gallery, which has been um, for, uh, recently reopened, redecorated. Um, and I am planning to create, uh, to, to, to set up a special exhibition for um, visitors and citizens of uh, Calidero and uh, the, Ribble, the Ribble Valley, which, uh, which is the place um, where I live. Um, Calidero and the Ribble Valley, I know it's only limited to this place, but because the galleries in this place, Uh, I wanted to dedicate art that I uh, display in this gallery to Clidro and the surrounding area. Mm -hmm. But however, um, I'm asking people, and this is something I'll be asking even more, um, well, I'll be shouting about this very soon, Um, I'm asking people to tell me exactly what sort of images, what, 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 so, what, what sort of views they would like to see dep- depicted in my paintings? So something special for them. Because once again, I uh, would like to accentuate that I want to create art for people. I create it for, for people, not for myself. It of course gives me an amazing joy that um, I create something um, but uh, well, I think the biggest joy again from the fact that um, it means something to to people who are buying my art.
1: Right, and you're creating it with them in mind first. As you said, you're you're not creating it for yourself. Like uh, even your your original paintings, it's for a local project. It's for uh, yes. display or um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Exhibition. Uh, locally, to celebrate where you live.
0: Exactly, to celebrate where I live and uh, to celebrate um, these amazing areas that are uh, well, very picturesque areas that we live. So um, I'm organize- the first project is to organize this exhibition, an exhibition of paintings of views, of scenery that will be meaningful to, to people. And I'm just thinking now, why do I limit myself just to Caldera and Ribble Valley? Um, If someone listens to them, to this um, video, maybe someone would would want to see their own uh, favorite uh, places uh, somewhere in the world. And that wouldn't be a problem because then I can feature this uh, art on my website and it could be uh, um, like an international project
1: yeah from other artists or you creating your style of art from their from their photographs
0: uh yes from either their photographs or from they can just tell me uh, about the place and i would um maybe find something suitable (laughs) to depict this place yeah
1: that's a whole thing with uh like with photographers like We go take pictures of places and then try to, you know, sell them in a gallery or, or sell them to to people. And they might have a connection for us personally, uh, like that scene in the desert there. Um, I've sold that to one person happens to be a friend of mine who lives in Tucson, Arizona, and he wanted it printed 10 feet wide by six feet tall. And we put it in on a giant wall in his house uh, because he drives past a scene that looks like that every day. Right.
0: I see. Yeah.
1: Um, whereas if I had, if I had, uh, you know, researched something in Tucson, I probably wouldn't have created that image for him, but it just resonated with him because, you know, Uh that's something that he, that he sees every day. It's part of his daily life. Um, so as photographers, I find it hard to sell art to people if they don't have, personal connection to it which is what I mean what you do all all day every day right you're creating art based on their their passions or themselves you know at an event
2: Um, anyway
0: I don't know where I was
1: going with that thought but
0: well you mentioned passion and this is my uh, um, like a capture I capture your passions and that's how I would like to be recognized by (laughs) I capture people's passion I've got another project on the go, um, which is I would like to create some series of uh, art lessons where I could, uh, on which I could um, tell people more about color, composition, perspective, contrast, and things like this. So I'm creating the whole series, which which will be in form of blog, um, and also, uh, the the blog would be accompanied by a video YouTube video. Uh, when they subscribe then I would be um sending them lesson every every week. Yeah.
2: The- Plus,
0: that lessons will also be um taking pl- place in the real life because um I'm already forming classes uh real classes here and uh so you do those
1: uh, in your in your gallery right
0: yes that's right yeah uh but that so so these um classes yeah so they will be on youtube and uh, uh in the weekly blog and if you subscribe to my website then uh you'll be notified about uh, a new class coming out and uh, and again you will have a chance to uh, create something during the the week um, that the responses some kind of response to the lesson that you've been seeing and um, um, maybe prepare some kind of uh, prizes for people to. and i can also show your pictures and uh, discuss uh, these
1: is it important that they work in the same uh with the same materials that you do or can people work in whatever materials they want to
0: well they can work with whatever materials they want but however i will be showing the the whole process of uh, creation of my artwork so then i will be using my materials the mater- the media i'm using and um uh each lesson will incorporate these media. So for example, there'll be lesson on inks, on how to use inks and how to mix inks with acrylics or how to use glass paint. So they can maybe try those variety. And also at the same time, learn the the basics or the the elements of art, and uh, which are important in creation of a painting. And also, they would be able to follow the process of how I create my art.
1: Are there any styles or methods that you've worked in that you don't really care for, that you tried and that you didn't, didn't pursue further? Right.
0: Right. Um... Well, I am not really big fan of photography. I'm sorry to say that. Uh, I mean, I tried that just because I tried that, and I found this um, maybe the whole process of developing paint, uh, developing the film. um, It was kind of um, no, it didn't speak to me. Um, But and I. I believe I haven't got a good eye for, for photography, but I do appreciate photography, good photography, photography that tells the story, a story that speaks as well. I can read from, so again, picture, say, uh, telling story.
1: That is, uh, that is a very interesting answer. I, I love that answer actually. Yeah. And that's, if I'm being Frank, that is what this interview, this series of interviews I'm doing is all about. Uh, because I want to know that you kind of, you chose your path and the style of art that you work on because you, you relate to the world visually, but in a certain, in a specific way, in a way that means a lot to you that you feel is accessible and photography to me is accessible. That's what I like, but to you, it didn't do anything for you. Um, or you, you have, or maybe and this is speaking to myself now, maybe because I haven't spent time trying painting, I'm, I haven't progressed far enough to realize that it's a superior medium. And maybe I should be painting instead.
0: <laughs> okay, well, maybe, or maybe you should be doing what you're doing because you're doing it great and you are always developing in this direction, in your media. And, uh, you know, let me to <laughs> develop uh, painting, and I will allow you to to develop your photography to this uh, amazing um, quality that you are achieving because I really like your photography uh, photographs and I think that's how um, that's how i um, well my attention was on you because like I said, your photographs are telling some kind of story up maybe faces people places and I always look at them and read something from it and it's really mesmerizing for me however like I said I wouldn't be able to to create in this way um, maybe because I don't feel it the same way maybe you've got better connection with the camera which I haven't found And uh, I found better connection with paints, paints on my my hands and uh, Mm -hmm. brushing my hands or uh, or this dripping paint where I can just pour something and let it to be free. Actually, to surprise me, because I believe I don't paint those pictures, I just only direct them a little bit, but they just paint, they paint themselves um even with acrylic with inks i would uh, for example splash water and then a drop of ink and and uh, some maybe very runy acrylic and uh, allow it to mix its well mix by itself
2: mm-hmm.
0: so i wouldn't have much input into that creation so the media actually paints for me Uh, okay.
1: That's a, that's a very deep answer. I don't know how to, how to pursue that further, but I, again, this is, you know, my limitation in that I haven't worked with paints physically on my hands. Like you said, it's tangible and then it sort of takes on its own life. I can imagine like for me processing a photo when I take the photo, that's the first step and then I put it into Lightroom or Photoshop or whatever and I process it and that's a whole nother part of the creative process. Whereas for you, you get an image in your head and then the actual creation of it, like you said, the paint takes on its own life and it sort of creates the picture by itself. And that's sort of how it is for me when I process a photo in software.
0: Right. Okay. Yes. Brilliant. And you probably, you can feel the connection with your camera when you've got camera in, in your hand and your eye uh, behind the, the, this, the zoom. Um, you know, what, what do you call it, that glass? You find finder. <laughs> yes. So, and you find, you, you probably are feeling connected to this instrument that you have in your hand and the scene that yeah. you try to take photo of. And, uh, and you know how to um, maybe use that connection or how to not... Um, well how to direct it to um well to how to direct it to create the image you've got that power over this instrument over this device in your heart same as
1: yeah same as what you do with with your photos where you pull out colors in a scene that i never would look at that street scene and say this is red but it needs the blues in the blues in the shadows and i don't like the sun here i want to put it behind the you know, I can do that when I'm composing through a viewfinder and a camera. I can yeah. say, okay, the sun needs to be behind the building. i got to walk over here <laughs> and oh, put the sun behind the building. But I can't, yeah, I can't do it like you can. You, you clearly pull that out yourself, in, just in a different way. Are there any styles of, of art or painting that you have tried, but you haven't spent a lot of time with that you'd like to explore further?
0: Um. Um, well I I really well I really like oil paints but um, I don't have much patience to them I really like the quality that oil painting gives me Um, it's so much different than acrylic because well acrylic is just plastic (laughs) (laughs) Um, but oil paints these are the media used by masters, um, from you know, from Leonardo da Vinci to um, um, Picasso. Um, but I haven't got much patience to to oil paints. Um, they always take so long, and I want to finish my picture very quick um, because, well, to chase this image maybe that I have in my head. Um, so so yes.
1: Um, That's important. Paint. That's absolutely yeah. important. Time management and knowing yeah, knowing the result that you need out of it is just as important as enjoying the creation of it. Right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Of course, I enjoy the creation of it, and with oil paints, it the, the 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 process is so um, sacred, I would say, mm. um, because. Oil paints are so special. Well, like I said, they've been used by masters and I've got so much respect to this media. I'm a little bit scared of them and I haven't got that much patience to them. Um, I used to paint a lot of uh, oil paintings. I don't do it now due to the fact that I really want it to, well, I I would like to speed up the process. And also, well, acrylic paints dry quicker and i can experiment more with them i can for example uh experiment with layering different colors on the top of one another and see what happens uh obtaining some kind of different textures and things like this mm-hmm. uh, it is possible to do with oil paints but it is much more sophisticated process. That's the nice word to use.
1: Yeah. I I, I love your analogy that you want to get there, get there quicker. Uh, Uh,
0: Yes. Well, I've got this hunger for, for that picture to, to be, to emerge in front of me, to emerge in front of my eyes. I've got this kind of, this urge to finally see it. And I know that one of your uh, questions was, um, when do i feel for example when the painting is finished maybe you had this question <laughs> however uh, because sometimes it is a long process sometimes it takes um quicker than um the other time um i really like to approach the paintings uh, um, like go away from it uh, stop for a day go away and then come back look at this painting from a different uh, with a fresh eye Mm -hmm. and then when i see that nothing on this painting makes excuses that there is no um like problems with perspective or um problems with clashing colors or colors being too dull, for example, needing to be more uh, vibrant um, or more, or, or lines that needs to be more accentuated. Mm-hmm. If I see that everything is perf- in a perfect harmony, then I feel that the is, painting is finished. So it takes some time and few approaches um,
1: well, that was a that was a great line that you can look at the the image and it doesn't make any excuses
0: yes excuses yeah
1: where, where did that come from is that is that your own or did you find that somewhere
0: uh maybe i've heard that uh, maybe i've heard someone saying this before
1: <laughs> i love it I've, i i know exactly what you mean by that but i've never heard it put exactly that way that's that's just perfect is it important to know the know the masters and the history of your chosen art form?
0: Yes, it is very much uh, very important because art is like a relay uh, race. Uh, we're just learning from uh, one another, and we pass the button to one artist and then take it further, pass it again to another artist who would take it. Uh, again, in a different direction and that's how art evolves. And uh, But it's important to know where it comes from. And we also learn, again, we learn from the masters. So it is important to know the art history and uh, um, also the context behind the paintings. Um, like for example, my favorite artist is uh, a Mexican artist, Frida Kahlo. And I am really amazed with her story. Um, it's not only the paintings, which are really charged with such energy um, caused by her life experiences and knowing about her story, her history, her problems. Um <laughs> Makes you look at her art with, um, well, yeah, with, um, with such interest.
1: Makes well, I, I've heard it, I've heard it from more than one person. I don't know where it came from, but people don't buy the art. They buy the artist.
2: Oh,
0: right. Okay. Okay.
1: And so you're, you're saying, you know, even though, yeah, you couldn't have possibly been there when she painted, made her paintings. You, you sense a story through it because of, you understand her and some of her, her story and, Maybe why yeah. she created the way she does, right?
0: Yes, that's that's right. Yes, and of course, um, um, well, I first first heard of her at um, while still being a student at art history classes. But then they, uh, 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 well, there's a really famous movie based on her story called Frida. Exactly, Frida.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, it's really beautiful. Uh, a movie wonderfully done with um, what I like about the movie is well of course the story the actor the actors but the colors which I well uh, um, which are presented in this movie colors very vibrant colors of Mexico uh, reds oranges and, and blues um, and it, it is the, the whole movie well in my head is just that Array of Colors.
1: (laughs) I can't remember watching that movie. Movies don't stick in my head. I know I've watched that one, but not, not recently.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. So, so you draw a lot of inspiration from, I don't know, from, from previous masters, from your art education. Do you all draw just as much from, from real life and just your own experiences and like you said, you want to create things quickly and just see images come to life. You can experiment with, with things based on, you know, the tools that you've chosen. Uh, yeah. Do you, so would you draw, do you draw more from art history and other masters or from your own experience and just experimenting?
0: Um, I would possibly, well, combine both and uh, start from the masters. Um, because it is of course advisable, uh, advised uh, for artists to look at the work of, 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 our, of masters, of previous artists um, because it's a great learning path. And that's how children learn at school art, they learn by copying actually uh, masters first. Uh, that's the beginning of learning um, art because from learning from by copying other uh, artists, we are able to develop our own style and technique. And maybe I you know copying um, well. It's not really copy of the um, of that artist. When we copy, then um, we look at the the maybe. Maybe the technique that the artists use, or maybe the theme that artist was painting uh, or colors um, something about previous masters would always give us a lesson and um, I've got few contemporary artists that I um, found and uh, took inspiration from uh, but however I, I want to believe that they taught me greatly, uh, but I took it my own way. Um, So it's a great inspiration and great idea, uh, but yeah, I took it my own way. Like in this relay race, (laughs) yeah.
1: Right, you take a little bit and then you take it further.
0: And Take it further and take it your own way until you uh, create something of your own, yeah there is a lot of philosophy behind my art. Like even with this uh, um, principle that I wouldn't touch the paper with the craft knife when I uh, drip the paint. Mm. Mm. It is kind of a philosophy because I believe if I touch the paper, then that's it, it's spoiled. And it's, um, it's not its own. It's not um, natural anymore it's it lost its purity and maybe that can, yeah purity <laughs> and i've heard this idea in a movie by wim bender's lisbon story it's a very arty movie again um movie that changed my life um anyway there were two um, directors um film directors and one got lost in lisbon he got a little bit crazy um well he buried himself in some kind of old van and um then he wandered uh, along the streets of lisbon with a camera on his back because he believed that if he looked through this camera with his own eyes that the image would lose the, this this purity it would have been contaminated <laughs> um I know it's a little bit silly and crazy, uh, but um, that really s- took to me. And uh, I, 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 in the same way, I believe when I touch the paper with the with the craft knife or even the brush, um, I don't really like using much brush because brush uh, forces you to touch that paper, and it is your hand that is controlling the image not the the media itself
1: well that gives a whole different meaning to you letting the the paint create the image uh wow you you didn't explain that before when you were talking about how the the paint takes on a life of its own that that adds a whole new meaning to it
0: right okay
1: that's that's beautiful
0: um, and i know there is a lot of philosophy behind it but uh well
1: that's good stuff that's that's good stuff i like that kind of explanation those are the kind of things that you don't get when you just look at a picture on a wall or even read an artist statement a lot of times. And, okay. and that's what this is all about. That's why, I, that's why I love talking to other people about why do you create art the way that you do. So before we wrap up, a few places that you can find Gosha's work. Of course, her website, goshart.co.uk. And you can find everything there as far as her urbanscapes her sports arts, which of course you want to contact her to commission some work for you. There's a whole page about how to commission work as well there. And then where I found Gosha is on her Instagram. And then she also has a Facebook page. I'll post all of the links to her social media in the, uh, in the show notes. so You can go there and find her. And then uh, she has an excellent YouTube page as well that shows how she creates a lot of the art and the different styles of art that she creates. So I'd, I highly recommend checking her out and subscribing to, Gosha on her YouTube as well because she creates some excellent short videos that she puts to music and they're very inspirational. So, uh, those are the places that I found her. There are a few more links that I'll share in the show notes and uh, go follow Gosha.
2: Thank you very much.
1: All right, so, follow up thoughts from my conversation with Gosha. I've got five different items here. So, number one, you'll hear me say this more than once embrace the beauty of your own reality. And that really rang true to me with Gosha. And she didn't know that her synesthesia was a unique trait when she was young. It was just the way that she saw the world. It was the way that things appeared in her head. And then she learned to embrace it and turn that into her art and transfer that onto a canvas. And yeah, just, I mean, amazing the way that she sees that something in a scene, the the colors and the motion like nobody else could do. So she really leaned into that, if you will. Uh, second Her motivation comes from creating unique artworks for people. Uh, Several times during our conversation, she reiterated that the reason that she paints is to make art that other people can enjoy. Uh, In fact, (laughs) this one here is from Gosha. She created this one for me, and this is from my bike tour in Morocco that I ran last year. Uh, My my mates, Andy and Aziz, uh, they're in uh, Telouet, Morocco, Uh, so she, she created a piece, sent it to me. I get to enjoy that here. Uh, thank you, Gosha, for that. I hope she watches this. And uh, really, that—that that is her motivation. When I asked her, you know, what else do you practice? Is this, is this all that you do? Because a lot of times, uh, you know, artists have a side project, something else that they do just for themselves that they don't really share with the world. She said, nope, this is it. I really want to make art that is useful for people, that commemorates, you know, important active things that they've done with their life. So I thought that was awesome. She has a very a uh, unique and focused vision, if you will. Uh, third, the images that we make determine who we are as an artist. And uh, there was a, a part that stood out to me where she said, it's just so easy. They just come to me. I don't paint the pictures. I'm just I'm just directing a little bit. And it, it was as if, you know, this is just what I'm meant to do. Uh, those images determine who she is as an artist. Her philosophy behind her art was another big, big thing that she liked to talk a lot about. Uh, that she doesn't touch the knife to the paper, she just lets it. Uh, she lets the paint, the ink, take on a, a life of its own, and she feels the connection with the image through the knife or through the brush. So really, her philosophy is is very strong, and that's the way that she creates her art. She sees the colors, and then she just starts letting the <laughs> letting the paint take on a life of its own. Um, something that I've not experienced because I've not really spent much time painting, but something that. Makes me think maybe I should I should pick it up and and give it a try and see if I can connect with uh, what she means by that and takeaway number four here uh, this is a quote that really stood out to me I hope I uh, hope you caught it as she was talking she said the painting is done when it doesn't make any excuses yes yes that made <laughs> that made total sense to me uh, and what I think she meant by that. Uh, basically, that the art should stand on its own; that the artist doesn't need to stand over your shoulder and explain anything to you. If it's a successful piece, and to me, that's what she meant by it. Uh, could mean something different to you. So, <clears throat> when I'm looking at a piece of art in a gallery, uh, online, it immediately gives me a message. I, I sense you know why the artist created it, and if it if it makes excuses, that means there's something in there that uh, that's a little bit amateurish. That Either the colors aren't right, the brush strokes aren't right, the perspective isn't right, the lines are just wrong, and it the the art or the, the creation, the process, gets in the way of just communicating the message. So uh, to me, that's what she meant. If it doesn't make any excuses, then the message is clear. There's nothing getting in the way of just me looking at the piece and going, yeah, I get it. I, I know why the artist created this, and it totally speaks to me. And finally, the conversation we had about you know, should you know the people who came before you, the masters of the of your craft that you're practicing. And she said, the beginning of learning art is copying from the masters and even taking inspiration from contemporaries and then taking it your own direction, which hopefully is is what you're getting out of these talks. That's what I hope to accomplish by these visual literacy project talks is to give you building blocks, things that you can take from each individual artist that you hear a story about, you see their art, and you say, yeah, that, that resonates with me. I can use that in my art. That one works for me. I can use that. And you take little pieces, and we're all stealing as artists. We're all taking a little bit from all of the, the people that we get inspired by, whether it's the colors, whether it's the composition, whether it's their style, whether it's the you know, their motivations, their backstory. So hope you're getting that out of this. That's why I'm doing this. And to me, that, uh, that conversation neatly summed up uh, Exactly what we're trying to do here, and, and a motivation from her as far as you know what's taking her art forward. All right, that is it for my conversation with Gosha. Please share this, and if you want to see more, visit visualliteracyproject.com. Send me a, a message at kevin@visualliteracyproject.com at if you want to
2: share your own story as well. All right, cheers. I will see you all later.